Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I'm talking about the blood of Christ. I posted a little bit about this on my various social media accounts, Twitter and the End Time on Facebook. But I'm expanding that here today on a blog essay and the podcast. Now, the blood of Christ is not spoken of much. If it is, sadly, too often uh, mystical properties are assigned to it or it's just plain old misunderstood. Admittedly, the subject is a difficult one and resources on the subject are scarce. I focus on this partly because I vividly remember as pagan before my salvation that the blood of Christ was especially offensive to me and especially off-putting. I thought it was disgusting that an entire religion was based on blood flowing from a dying person. So Therefore, it seems to be very important if it's so offensive to a pagan um, in, to explore and remember that this is an important aspect of our faith. Um, Chapel Library as a resource is a ministry from Mount Zion Bible Church, and I'll quote their goal. Quote, the purpose is to humble the pride of man to exalt the grace of God in salvation, and to promote real holiness in heart and life by sending Christ-centered materials from prior centuries worldwide without charge, end quote. And they don't charge. They have a large library, and they will send you material in pamphlet form through the mail for free or allow electronic downloads for free, or just read it on their screen at their website. So I had ordered several pamphlets on the subject of the blood of Jesus. And these are the three that I got from Chapel Library. Spurgeon's um, sermon in pamphlet form called The Blood of the Lamb, the Conquering Weapon. Chapel Library's Um, monthly topical magazine called Free Grace Broadcaster. The topic that particular month was the blood of Christ. And inside it were essays about the blood from Andrew Murray, Stephen Charnock, William Reed, two essays from Horatius Bonar, who wrote a lot about the blood, Spurgeon and L.R. Shelton. The third piece of material I received from Chapel Library about the blood um, was The Blood of the Cross by Horatius Bonar. As mentioned, he wrote about the blood many times, so if you're interested in that topic, I would recommend to look up Horatius Bonar, B-O-N-A-R. And in addition, another material that you might enjoy is a recent book by Anthony J. Carter called Blood Work, How the Blood of Christ Accomplishes Our Salvation. And I had read it and I recommend it. So in Spurgeon's um, material called The Blood of the Lamb, The Conquering Weapon, 
as I was reading it, I was moved over and over again by his points. I was moved by the way Spurgeon phrased things. And I was moved by the concept itself that he elicited of our God who came down from glory to die on the cross, a bloody death. I will post several of Spurgeon's quotes that moved me. And here is the first one. 1900 years ago, Jesus paid the dreadful debt of all his elect and made a full atonement for the whole mass of the iniquities of them that shall believe in him, thereby removing the whole tremendous load and casting it by one lift of his pierced hand into the depths of the sea. Well, that quote from Spurgeon makes me think of how heavy the load of sin was that Jesus atoned for, that he absorbed as God, but also as man. And it made me think of the mightiness and strength of him to be able to lift it and just fling it away. Here's another quote from Spurgeon. We are to preach that the Son of God has come in the flesh and died for human sin, and that in dying, he did not only make it possible for God to forgive, but he secured forgiveness for all who are in him. He did not die to make men savable, but to save them. That quote reaffirms that Jesus' atonement is effectual, not potential. It is finished, Jesus cried, and indeed it is. And here's another quote from Spurgeon. These saints used the doctrine of atonement not as a pillow to rest their weariness, but as a weapon to subdue their sin. That Spurgeon is speaking of how after salvation, while the saints do rest from their war against God, but now go to war against their sin. Now this next one is a longer quote, but it really moved me, so I hope you enjoy it too. Here's Spurgeon again. The foul fiend tells out the wandering of our hearts the deadness of our desires in prayer, the filthy thoughts that dropped into our minds when we have been at worship. Alas, we have to confess that we even have tolerated doubts as to eternal truths and suspicions of the love and faithfulness of God. When the accuser is about his evil business, he does not have to look far for matters of accusation, nor for facts to support it. Do these accusations stagger you? Do you cry, my God, how can I face thee? For all this is true. And the iniquities now brought to my remembrance are such as I cannot deny. I have violated thy law in a thousand ways, and I cannot justify myself. Well, now is your opportunity for overcoming through the blood of the Lamb. When the accuser has said his say and aggravated all your transgressions, do not be ashamed to step forward and say, but 
I have an advocate as well as an accuser. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, speak for me. And when he speaks, what does he plead but his own blood? He says, for all these sins I have made atonement, and all these iniquities were laid on me in the day of the Lord's anger, and I have taken them away. Well, that was a longer quote, but I couldn't help it. His language, you know, where he says, foul fiend, and the accuracy when he writes that we have deadness of desires in prayer. Ouch. And how true it is, the crumbling and quivering of the Christian soul who approaches his majesty on the throne, thinking, how can I face him? But the comfort of knowing, he says, he has done it, made atonement through his blood. Well, I've got one more quote from Spurgeon's sermon, The Blood of the Lamb, and it's, Come, brother or sister, the next time you have to do with Satan as an accuser in the heavenly places, take care that you defend yourself with no weapon but the atonement. All comfort drawn from inward feelings or outward works will fall short, but the bleeding wounds of Jesus will plead with full and overwhelming argument and answer all. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? Well, Satan the accuser does have a voice, but there's no trustworthiness behind it. Satan, the adversary, opposes, but he's already defeated. Satan, the evildoer, has schemes, but no power against the blood of the Lamb. So those were just some ideas and resources on the blood of Jesus and its effect on God's plan of salvation. I'll post the links to the three pieces of material that I got from Mount Zion Bible Church Chapel Library Ministry, and also the title of Anthony Carter's book that I recommended. So think on these things today, dear sisters. Remember that Satan is already defeated because the blood of the Lamb had been shed on the ground to make atonement for our sins. And if you are in Christ, that means you. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you have a wonderful day.